Welcome to the SVU Coven Podcast, Little Witch Detectives. So good. Yes. <laughs> it has been a hot minute since we've recorded anything. It really has. <laughs> and it also feels like a long time since I've even talked to you. I know. <laughs> like, aside from texting and Snapchat, of course. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, should we jump into things because we have a lot to cover? Yes. Okay. So uh, this is our witch talk. It's the corner of the intro of our show where we catch you guys up on what we've been doing. Um, And it always makes me giggle a little because Coley and I already know how we've been doing. So we're just (laughs) relaying it for you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Which is why I wanted to go ahead and jump into this, because we already were about to start talking about it. Um, yeah. But where have we been? What have we been doing? Um, we haven't recorded anything since July for our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. It's which crazy. Is crazy. So if you haven't listened to the anniversary cast, go listen to that, because that was our last episode. Um, but... I just had a lot of weird mental health stuff going on the past few months, and uh, Coley's been incredibly patient with me um, on the podcast stuff because I just needed to take a break for a minute. Yeah. Um, And people on the podcast is mental health comes first. Yes. So, uh, you know, just trying to take care of me and figure out what's going on. I've been having family stuff and then I lost my job and then boy stuff, like all of it. So I uh, just needed a break, but we're back. We're back. Yeah. Um, aside from that, not too terribly much is going on with me. I went to a Shrek themed rave last night. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> I'll have to send you some videos from it, but it was literally like Shrek like they were playing the movies in the background and then they had like Shrek cutouts everywhere and everyone was dressed in costumes and stuff. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. I I texted Coley at two in the morning and I was like, I drank a lot tonight. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's I'm not really doing anything other than that. Just my usual concerts and life. Um, something I did want to say, though, is we got our matching dun dun tattoos we did so if you follow us on instagram you can actually see pictures of it and we posted it like when we got them but i can't remember if we've talked about having already got them on the show yet or not no because we were actually gonna go get them right after we recorded Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so we have them officially if you want to see they're so cute um oh my lord loud people driving (laughs) beside me um if you want to see them, it's uh, SBU Coven on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Um, well, I'm back in school um, for my English degree. My last semester of my associate's degree, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, I, let's see. I made a new friend who is my next door neighbor. Um, her name is Olivia, which is funny. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that's actually why I was up at two o'clock in the morning because I was texting her about finding work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
I went on a camping retreat for queer women and non-binary people who feel comfortable in women-centered spaces and had so much fun. Um, Hi, mom and dad, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, Mom and dad are two people from the retreat. They're not my actual parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And I apply, I've been applying for jobs. Um, and so far, the two that I've applied for, I've gotten rejected from. Yeah, I me applied too. for um, a writing job um, online, work from home, and I got rejected from that. They went with a different applicant. And I applied to a tattoo shop to be a receptionist I'm not artistic enough to be a tattoo artist and I don't have steady enough hands to be a body piercer um (laughs) and I just found out yesterday that um they went with another applicant um and my BPD has been acting up since then so yeah I'm actually really proud of myself that I'm able to talk about it and not break down in tears yeah it sucks I mean I I feel like we're both going through like this job rejection stuff at the same time and every single one is still hard especially when it's one that like you really want and you're excited about Mm -hmm. it like hurts your feelings almost yeah definitely so it sucks if anyone's hiring yeah (laughs) Let us know. Um, oh, man. But I know you'll find something. Yeah. It just... I, I, I understand why. It feels crushing, almost. Yeah. yeah. I stopped for an hour after I found out yesterday. And then in the middle of the night, I was up um, around, like, 5 o'clock-ish and sobbed some more. So that's fun that's fun. I'm so sorry <sighs> you know life yeah. yep <laughs> um well in some other news um better news SVU is back yes we are back we've been back for a while though I feel like maybe I can't think when did we come back in September September 22nd mm-hmm. crazy um, and then also <laughs> back not to so good news, <laughs> right? And not so good news. Kelly is uh, leaving SVU. Yeah, at the and end of the season. Voice. No, not at the end of the season. In episode nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's not by her choice. No, yeah, they. I'm still kind of hazy on the details of what happened. Honestly, I think everyone is. Um, the only reason we can see is that she's not quote-unquote current but like no one knows what that actually means and yeah yeah I don't I don't know and it almost like from her social media post about it it seemed like she wanted to leave so then I thought oh well maybe she quit but then it turned out that she didn't no so what happened um, I had to reconnect. Apparently, something about 
Yeah, I don't know, but it reconnected. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was just saying, um, I from the way Kelly was talking about it, I thought she quit, but then it the news came out that she didn't, and they forced her out, basically. Yeah. At Which first, sucks. tried to save her. Um, tried to save her job, and just couldn't. It was a decision that was higher up than honestly from the information that I have about Dick Wolf once he makes a decision he usually doesn't go back on it yeah so Hmm. well I'm gonna miss her so much yeah (laughs) me too I love Amanda Rollins um so much and I love her and Carisi and uh, I'm just big sad (laughs) um and I think we met her replacement too we did um which is funny because the actress that is going to be like her replacement squad member was on days of our lives when I was younger and she was one of my favorite characters yeah (laughs) so I actually like that actress a lot I just hate that Kelly's leaving yeah. Um, and also, I think it is a little personal to me because Kelly grew up in the same town as me. Yeah. Or one, t- one town over from me. Right. Um, so I have, like, this weird, like, hee <laughs> like, connection with her. And it makes me sad that we're not going to see her anymore. Yeah. Why do they do this? <laughs> because men. Because men. <laughs> <laughs> well... And other uh, good topics. <laughs> yes. Um, so the other night, uh, Mariska was at the FGI um, Night of Stars uh, with Christian Siriano, who actually made her Emmy dress, or who styled her for the Emmys, um, which happened while we were gone, and she looked incredible there. Um, mm-hmm. but this outfit that she wore to Night Stars was a royal blue pantsuit, and it had, instead of, like, a dress shirt or something like that, it had a bra. hmm And the, um, blazer on the suit was low cut, and it was just impeccable impeccable (laughs) astounding astounding (laughs) she looked so good she did and i Mm -hmm. tweeted um something like effing purr and i spelled purr wrong (laughs) and i tweeted that rishka looked at her and I was like, um, you have rendered me unable to do the one thing I'm good at, which is right. <laughs> and she liked it. <laughs> Katie. I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. She knew she looked good. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And oh. she came out saying that she felt beautiful and the most confident she's ever felt and good for her yeah yeah 
there 60 was, years old and still looks amazing. Yeah. There was some <laughs> drama surrounding the outfit from one particular Twitter account. I don't even know what the Twitter account is. I've never heard of this person before in my life. Um, but they were like, you know, I respect her decision, but like, why do we have to show off our breasts? They're just boobs. Like, you know, don't fall into the trap of Hollywood or whatever. And I was like, you just negated your respect, quote unquote, respect for her choice with the rest of your tweet. Yeah. (laughs) And also, if it wasn't um, an inappropriate outfit. No. Like, even though it's showcasing, like, a more sexual side of her, it's not, it was still classy and elegant. Yeah. It's not as if she were showing up on the red carpet carpet, topless, which technically she could have because it is legal in New York for women to be completely topless. That's true. But she didn't do that. She was covered. All of her parts were covered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand that, you know, different people have different comfortability around um what what they wear and whatnot some people prefer to be modest and um that's one thing but policing what someone else wears is something completely different and not for nothing i'm big tested um if i want to completely hide my my breasts and my cleavage i have to wear a t-shirt or something with a similar neckline and that's not always appropriate for a red carpet yeah so you know and I think it also changes like sometimes people want to dress more modestly and sometimes they don't um and it's you know she looked amazing but it was still elegant it was still understated it was very Mariska like she looks good in blue. Like it, it, everybody was like in an uproar about that. Either, and it was like polarizing because either everyone was in love with it or they hated it. Yeah. And I was, I was just kind of like, guys, she looks good. Like it's fine. Yeah. But I, I like uh, when she breaks um, the Twitter trending page. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, and this weekend is the perfect example of sometimes people dress more modestly and sometimes they don't because yesterday uh, Mariska was actually awarded the Dick Cavett um, Artistic Champion Award from the um, Hampton Film Festival, Hampton International Film Festival and um, she wore a turtleneck and a blazer and jeans and looked incredible but it was a markedly different outfit from what she wore, like, the night before. Yeah. Before. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's all good. You know? Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, this is your 
a social media plug for the episode. So if you don't follow us on Instagram already, we post there the most um, of anything else. Uh, and it's SBU Coven on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a Discord server uh, that I would love to start using more. Um, so if you guys are interested in joining our discord server, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can reach out to us, uh, via email at svucoven at gmail.com and we can send you a link. The link does expire after seven days. So you want to get in there as soon as you can. Um, or we can send you a fresh one (laughs) if you need it. Uh, Coley does check our email regularly. So somebody will be responding to you. Um, and yeah, come hang out with us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe or follow if you're on Apple Podcasts because they changed that. Um, subscribe is now a paid subscription, so follow. Um, rating and subscribing are the most important things. They tell the algorithm that you're listening to us and will recommend us to other people who might like us. Um, and reviewing is just really nice. Uh, we lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts and, uh, we miss them. Um, yeah, I think we're still holding steady at one, but I'm <laughs> sure cause I'm having to record on my phone because I hit a wrong button on my computer and it just messed everything up for this. So um, it happens. Yeah. Um, but if you do leave us a review, review, uh, good, bad, and everything in between, we will read it on the show. Yeah. So if you want to, that would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we jump into our self-love affirmation? We should. Oh, my goodness. If you are not operating a vehicle or a heavy machinery, I invite you to close your eyes. If you are driving a car, please don't close your eyes and remember to breathe. Um, (laughs) But uh, take a deep breath here and um, remind yourself that... Hang on, there's a car coming. Okay. Remind yourself that rejection is redirection. Um, I actually wrote this before everything happened with us getting our job rejections. Yeah. Um, and now it feels even more like relevant (laughs) in our lives anyway. Um, and I invite you to remember that it's never your loss. I talk about that a lot on the show. It's never your loss. And when you get rejected from something, it's the universe redirecting you in the path that you need to go because what is for you will never go past you. Exactly. So I invite you to meditate on that. Take some deep breaths. Close your eyes. Uh, unless you're driving a car, keep your eyes open. Yeah. And um, just remember that you are so worth it and the right things will come to you when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So. Season 2, episode 10 of Law & Order SVU, Consent, is what we are talking about today. This episode is kind of, it's one of those ones that creates a lot of important discussion to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the summary for this episode I got from IMDb, not sponsored, but would love to be. Mm -hmm. 
Benson and Stabler investigate the case of a college girl who is raped during a fraternity party, but who can't remember what happened. The medical investigation reveals a date rape drug in her system, which leaves the detectives with several suspects and accomplices. Yes. That was a good one. Sometimes the summaries are like one sentence and like not great. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh, Munch did this. Sometimes they're like a novel and... Uh are wonderful other than the fact that they're novel length and yeah yeah but that one was good i liked it so we open on two people running and they see a homeless person named harry who they call to um and when they run over to him he runs away and they turn around and they see a girl lying there in the bushes and um, I want to say her name's Kelly. It is yes. Kelly. But I wrote a note like I think they say her name is Kelly, but then I couldn't remember. But it is. It's Kelly. Yep. So Elliot and Olivia are at the hospital um, and the doctor tells them that Kelly has all the indications of being raped, but she refused her SANE exam, which is where they gathered um, evidence and do a rape kit and all of that. Mm-hmm. The doctor was hoping Olivia could talk to her. And SANE stands for Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner. Yes, I should have uh, said that. I used to work um, as a sexual assault advocate here in Georgia. And so a lot of the time I was sitting in the room during SANE exams. Mm -hmm. um, And I forget that people don't know what they are. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was so like normal in my life for a while. Um, But Olivia goes to talk to Kelly and it works. She agrees to get uh, the exam, it looks like there's uh, semen on her stomach and they're trying to give her birth control pills and pills to get rid of or prevent any STDs and things like that. Um, Kelly is very uncomfortable about this and she says she can't deal with it because uh, she's a virgin. And then we done done. Yep. Um, or as our tattoos say, if you look in the mirror, nub nub. Nub nub. Right on our elbows. Yep. Sometimes when I look at it, I think it says bun bun too. <laughs> I'm like, hey, look, it's Florence. <laughs> um, so cut to uh, Dana, who's Kelly's roommate, comes to the hospital to see her and uh, Stabler starts talking to her. And I freaked out because I forgot that the actress who plays Dana is Michelle Monaghan. Mon- Monaghan, I think is how you say her last name. Um, she's in so much stuff that I watch. Like, I love that actress. And I forgot that when she was, like, a baby, she was in SVU. Yeah. Um, so she's so cute in this. If you guys watch Echoes, let me know. Because that's her new Netflix show. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's phenomenal. Love her. We stand. Um, Kelly was... So Dana says that Kelly was out with uh, some of her sorority sisters partying the night before. They left her with Joe and Hank. Um they are not really friends, but Joe definitely has a thing for Kelly. Dana says that he's a player, and that's kind of why she was worried about Kelly. Um, the doctor confirms with the detectives that there was semen on Kelly's body and inside of her, and her hymen was torn. Um, Elliot then tells Olivia what he learned from Dana. Mm-hmm. I then proceed to freak out because Munch and Finn come on the scene. <laughs> I put in all caps, munch, Finn. (laughs) I just love them. (laughs) 
Um, they go to investigate the crime scene, um, and the university cops that are there are starting to get frustrated that Munch and Finn's team are taking a long time, um, and Munch is really sassy with them, almost kind of rude, but it's okay because we love him. And um, they found at the scene a used condom, a handbag, and a scarf, among some other things. Uh, and they talked to the witnesses, the runners that had come up to Harry, the homeless guy. And they said that when they saw Kelly, she was saying a J name. So they thought it might have been Josh or John or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Munch and Finn, uh, who was at the crime scene, and when he sees them, he runs and Finn chases him and knocks him down. What I think is kind of funny about this scene is that Finn is like the one that takes him down because Munch just kind of walks. Yeah. Like he's like, it's all right. I'll get there when I get there. But then he gets there right at the same time that yeah. Finn knocks the guy down. And I was like, Munch, how did you do that? I was like, how did you get there? <laughs> Richard. <laughs> it's just so funny to me for some reason whenever they're a team you see finn do most of the physical stuff and then if you think about finn now who's like i don't even know how old ice t is he's in his 60s in his 60s yeah Yeah. he could he could not do that anymore no no oh my gosh my baby's got old one day um but okay so they take tackle harry to the ground He has Kelly's driver's license on him, and they arrest him for possession of stolen property. Um, Cut to Elliot and Olivia. They're interviewing Kelly to find out what happened. Um, Kelly said that her and her friends met Joe and Hank at a bar and stayed for about an hour. Then they went back to the Beta house, the fraternity house. Uh, She says Joe is a typical frat guy that flirts with her, but she doesn't really like Hank. Um... Kelly says that they didn't make any sexual advances towards her, that she only had about two drinks. I think she said they were margaritas, um, beer, but nothing too crazy. She says she remembers sitting on the floor laughing. And after that, everything got kind of fuzzy. Um, She says she felt cold and she felt someone pull her hair, but she can't remember anything that happened after that. She was worried that she drank too much um, and blames herself for what happened. Uh, also they have, they gave her like a cup of coffee and it's that nineties pattern. Yeah. And I was just living for that. (laughs) Yeah. It was so cute. I miss those cups. Um, but I think this scene is really important because it's very clear that Kelly, uh, blames herself. Yeah. And I think, um, this whole episode has a lot to do with victim blaming, but something we don't talk about enough is how survivors tend to, blame themselves for the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in reality, it was not her fault. Yeah. Because just because somebody drinks a lot of alcohol, even if that was the case, mean that someone else can come and sexually assault them. Exactly. Um, uh, I know my personal story, I have blamed myself in the past. Um because I went to his house alone and what was I expecting would happen like but I've worked through it in therapy and no it's not my fault and no longer blame myself Mm -hmm. 
I think we just don't talk about enough how easy it is to blame yourself in those situations, um, even when you didn't do anything wrong, because no one deserves to be violated like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the actress who plays Kelly does a really good job of being vulnerable mm-hmm. um, in this moment because you can tell that she truly believes it. Yeah. So um, that's what that's what I was saying earlier about this episode is that it definitely has a lot of discussion to be had throughout it. <laughs> um, from here, Munch and Finn, which I just want you guys to know because it cracks me up. I shorten um, Munch and Finn and Elliot and Olivia to just be like MF and EO. So it looks funny when it's like MF interviews homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> um but munch and finn go to interview harry um he said he was on his way to lost and found to turn in kelly's stuff that he found on her but he was eating first from the dumpster which is where finn and munch found him um finn gets mad at him because harry's laughing a little and it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily a laughing matter um and harry says that he can't stand needles so he really doesn't want to do a blood test um But he says he saw Kelly come out of the house and she was very drunk and the sun was just starting to come up. He followed her and she fell down a few times. But the last time she fell, she stayed down and he went to check on her. Um, And when he went to check on her, he took her money and her license and her credit cards and stuff. But he didn't – he says he did not hurt her. Mm -hmm. He just stole from her. (laughs) Yeah. And stalked her a little. Just a little. Just a little. Um, a little light stalking, if you will. Um, from here, uh, Cragen says that if Harry's blood test comes back negative, that they are back to square one. Uh, Munch tells the squad what they found at the scene of the crime. Uh, Cragen says to get the condom tested, gives orders, sends everybody out to do their things. That's what... Cragen really, this episode, that's really all he's doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but he's just like the order, the sounding board guy. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to talk to the sorority girls that are with Kelly. I believe their names are Jody and Tess, even though I did not write that down here. Um, They say that Kelly was pretty loose all night and that she stripped down to her underwear and was giving Joe a lap dance. And when they saw that happening, the girls decided to leave her there. Great friends. Um, Leave your friends at a party or a frat house or anywhere by themselves, especially if they have been drinking. Especially. Um, Munch interviews Joe, one of the fraternity guys, um, and he says that when Kelly puked on him, he was no longer interested in having sex with her. um, And he left her on the bed to sleep it off. Hank says Joe came to him with a blanket and he passed out on the floor. Um, and that Kelly is known for being a little bit slutty, really, is what he was trying to say. I can't think of the exact words that he used. Um, but yeah. Then back at the squad room, we find out that Harry's blood, the homeless guy, is not a match. So um, Stabler says that Kelly's friends say that Kelly was the one making all the moves and word on campus was that she was down for oral sex, but she was still a virgin. Olivia says she was drunk. That's the only reason that she was giving a lap dance. 
And my least favorite line in the whole episode is when Elliot says that Kelly's behavior is open to interpretation. Um, because they're arguing here. They're vi- Elliot's victim blaming. Yeah. Essentially. Um, Olivia's angry about the victim blaming, understandably. Um, and then they find out also that Kelly had been drugged. Mm-hmm. It's just, it irks me. Yep. Because it was basically like all the men in the squad were kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of her fault. And Olivia's like, what do you mean? We would never say this if it was, you know. Yeah. (sighs) Frustrating. Again, discussion, though. Yeah. So Elliot and Olivia go to talk to Kelly from here, who is still wondering if it was her fault. Uh, They tell her that GHB was found in her system and she could have died. Somebody had to have slipped it to her. And she was unable to consent after that point. Uh, They need Kelly's help for the case, so Elliot asks her about her drink. Uh, Kelly said she felt fine and went to the frat house and got a beer. Um, And also that Wally Parker stopped her at the party and talked to her for a little while. He's one of the – he's a fraternity brother. Yes. Munch and Finn go to talk to the bartender um, and ask if they know Joe. He does know Joe and calls him Babe like Babe Ruth because he comes in – and plays a game where if he can bag a girl at the bar, he doesn't have to pay for drinks. Um, Munch shows him a picture of Kelly, and he recognizes her. Says that Joe picked her out and bets $50, and he walks Kelly out the door. So basically, Joe is gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia go... I thought this was a woman on the disciplinary committee, but I believe it's actually the dean of the university that they go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Elliot and Olivia go to talk to the dean, and she says um, that she can suspend and expel students for rape cases, but she cannot release their records um, without like a court order or subpoena or however that works. Um Elliot and Olivia do a walk and talk where Elliot gets a little vulnerable saying that he's scared about Maureen going to college because of all this stuff that's happening and he wishes that it was just like go to class, get a degree. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, is a very valid concern in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Back in the squad room, Alex is there. Yeah. Um, They're discussing the case uh, and they don't have evidence without the records, but in order to have the evidence, they need the records. So it's kind of a sticky situation. Um, I was laughing because on one of the desks, there's a Gunbusters Anonymous sign. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. But <laughs> I was just, it has like a phone number for Gunbusters Anonymous. And I was like, why is that there? And it's like crooked and like taped to the side of a desk. <laughs> I was like, what? what, what is that for? Maybe I should call the phone number. <laughs> um, but uh, Kelly, men- they say that Kelly mentioned the third guy, which is Wally, and that they're going to go talk to him. So Elliot and Olivia go to talk to Wally. He says he wasn't at the party very long. Um, he said that he talked to Kelly a little bit, but that she was partying. Around 1 a.m., he went downstairs for water, and he saw Hank and Joe in the TV room. Um, Kelly was in Joe's room crying and there was vomit on the floor. He offered to walk her home, but when he came back from getting his coat, she had disappeared. Uh, 
uh, Munch and Finn go to uh, fake apologize to the responding university officer from Munch being a little <laughs> mean to him. Yeah. Um, and they tell him that they need info on Joe. Off the record, uh, the officer says that Joe is a piece of work. Um, and there have been prior reports that he had raped somebody else, particularly a young lady on the swim team. Um, so Munch and Finn go to interview her. Her name is Mandy. Uh, she said that she blacked out and a few weeks later she found out she was pregnant. So she got an abortion. Uh, her advisor at the time told her she didn't have much of a case against Joe. So Joe was put on probation for one semester for raping her. Um, and infuriating infuriating and then the worst part of the whole thing is that now that he's back at school they're seeing each other all the time to ask her out on a date and she slapped him (laughs) understandably (laughs) oh it's disgusting it reminds me of brock turner yep (sighs) but that's what i love about this show is that it's very accurate to things because you know it's likely that that happens all the time and it just goes to show that these episodes are timeless because they do this stuff does happen all the time mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah um we find out that kelly also has an std she has gonorrhea um and because she has gonorrhea and wasn't told ahead of time um by whoever assaulted her that they were going to, I don't know the actual term for it, um, but if you have an STD, you're supposed to let your sexual partners know, um, mm-hmm. or it's breaking the law. Yeah. So Alex now says they have enough to get a court order for Joe's records from the school. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to serve the dean for the records. The squad goes to investigate the frat house. Olivia finds a dropper bottle that could have the GHB in it. Um, the it, we find out the dropper did have GHB in it, um, and the lab tech says that GHB tends to be made at home, but this particular kind, whoever made it, had access to a lab. Because um, I guess it was made really well. I I don't know how you tell the difference, but um, uh, probably based on what chemicals were used and the mm, purity of the chemicals. That so- makes sense. Probably make it at home with, like, cleaning supplies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But they might have had the access to, like, pure chemicals that they needed. Right. Um, so they're looking at Joe's records. And um, he only, in his previous case with Mandy, the girl from the swim team, he only had character witnesses one of which was Hank and one was his father um, instead of actual witnesses. (laughs) Um, Munch goes to arrest Hank for GHB possession. Elliot and Olivia also arrest Joe for the same thing. Um, Cut to we're back in the squad room and Joe's father comes storming into Craig's office um, demanding to see his son, but Craigan pushes back on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, God love him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Elliot and Olivia go to interrogate Joe. Um, he says that the dropper wasn't his and his, the ur- his urine sample tested positive for gonorrhea, which is what Kelly has. Um, and his lawyer says they're going to wait until the court order for a blood test 
basically to get Joe out of interrogation. Um, also important to note that he can say the dropper wasn't his all he wants, but possession is nine-tenths of the law. So if it's in your possession, it's yours. Yeah. Yes. So even if it isn't, like, actually yours, but you just have it on you, it's still illegal. Yeah. Like, the holding it for a friend excuse could be legitimate, but you're still going to go down for it kind of thing. Yep. Um, Munch and Finn uh, talked to Hank about his past record of ecstasy possession, uh, which was expunged until he turns 21 as long as he doesn't um, get arrested for possession again. But fun fact, he's only 19. Um, So they're able to pull that record back up. Uh, Hank says the sorority girls, Tess and Jody were acting weird all night. They kept topping off Kelly's beer, calling it a love potion. Hank says the girls left, and Joe told him to hit the bricks uh, because he was about to hit another home run. Gross. Yes. I literally wrote the word gross. (laughs) And the whole love potion thing angers me as a Mm -hmm. win. Yep. For sure. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, this is kind of a good episode for us to talk about on the show. Yeah. Um, because that is not a love potion. No. That is a love date rape potion. drug. That is a date rape drug. And love potions are highly unethical mm-hmm. in witchcraft. Yeah. Highly. I think I've, I've, we've written, I've written an article about that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe I'll find it. I feel like, I, feel like, like I interviewed you for that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But so at this point in time, they have no motive and no proof, essentially. Elliot and Olivia go to talk to Dana, Kelly's roommate, which is Michelle mm-hmm. Monahan. And um, Dana says that Joe and Tess were dating last semester and Kelly didn't know because she was new uh, to school. So when Joe flirted with her, Kelly flirted back. Um, recently, Tess was being overly nice to Kelly after she found out um, that she herself has an STD. Uh, Dana said that she saw Tess mixing chemicals in her room. Munch and Finn uh, go to the lab at the school and they see that a bunch of stuff is missing. Tess walks in and sees them uh, looking for the stuff and she freaks out and runs away. She runs to her room and finds that Elliot and Olivia are in there um, looking for evidence. Elliot finds her notebook and written in the notebook is a formula for making GHB. Um, it's also important to note that Tess is a bio, which yes. is why she had access to the science lab and everything. Yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia interrogate Tess. Uh, they tell her that she took away Kelly's ability to consent. GHB was the ticket to make Kelly pay for flirting with Joe. Um, Tess says she needs to call a lawyer. Uh, but when Elliot and Olivia leave the room. Tess calls Jody instead, um, I guess, to hide the evidence, right? And Munch shows up and with a warrant as soon as Jody pulls out this secret book bag that has all the evidence in it. Yep. So good. <laughs> Such a good moment. Yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia tell Jody they have enough evidence to put her in jail from the tubes in her book bag with her fingerprints on them. Olivia says that she was in a sorority too. Do we know which sorority Olivia was in? Phi Delta. Okay. 
For some reason, that never registered to me that she was um, in a sorority. It didn't register with me either until a later episode where she talks about it. Um, like one of the 2.0 episodes or mm. one of the Michael Ternuchin episodes. I don't remember mm. which thing, but um, yeah, it uh, she talks about it there because she's talking to a fellow sorority um, girl who was raped and mm-hmm. wound up in a fugue state and yeah. Yeah, I just, for some reason, because it just does not seem to me like that would be her energy. Yeah. But not that there's anything wrong with being in a sorority. It just, I've never, I have a hard time picturing her in college because for some reason my brain immediately goes like, oh, she had to go to the police academy. Mm -hmm. So I keep forgetting that she has a degree. (laughs) I have an entire fan fiction about this. Really? Yes. That's so good. Um, it's called Painful in Private, and it talks about, um, Olivia's pregnancy scare in college, or the time when she thought she was pregnant and was going to have an abortion, but didn't. But in my story, she had a miscarriage, and yeah, it's, yeah, she winds up with Trevor Lyon. Of course. (laughs) As she should. As she should. (laughs) Um, so Elliot and Olivia offer to help Jody, uh, get a more lenient sentence if she tells the truth. Um, and that's when Jody's lawyer shows up. Um, her dad sent him, I guess, uh, situation. Yeah. Um, Joe and Hank's DNA don't match the semen from the rape kit. Uh, but they did find a hair at the scene. I believe it was on a scarf. Yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to talk to Kelly about the hair on the scarf. <laughs> That's such a funny sentence out of context. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> From there, they find out that the scarf was Wally's, so they go to talk to Wally, and they place the scarf on the table. Wally says that he saw Kelly looking sad, and he wanted to help her. And when he started to, she looked at him for the first time like she actually saw him. She kissed him, and he says, the rest just happened. He says that he didn't know that she was drugged and he thought that she wanted to be with him. Uh, Wally's such a complicated character. He really. Because it's so easy to sympathize with him, but also Mm -hmm. he did a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, Cragen asks, so Cragen's having the same thought I just did. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Cragen asks Alex if he can offer Wally a deal. The case against Joe is shaky, which is why they can't use Wally. Um, she may be able to offer him a lesser charge for his testimony. Yeah. Um, Olivia coaches... Wait, Alex? Kelly. Right? Yeah. Why did I write Alex? Um, Olivia know. coaches Kelly on how to talk at trial. Um, Alex says the boys won't be inside while she is on the stand. However, they are in the building and Kelly saw them. But while she's testifying, they won't be in the room. Right. Um, Kelly gives her statement. I loved this particular line where she says, it's like someone stealing a piece of your soul. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the lab guy goes next and he talks about GHB and its effects. Uh, Stabler talks about the GHB evidence. Dana gives her witness statement. Um, they talk more about it being a love potion here. Um, Hank gives his statement. And then Wally, we find out, does not have an STD. So someone else infected Kelly, uh, we assume is Joe. So even though Wally did have sex with her, he did not give her an STD. Right. Um, Munch then gives his statement about Joe's STD proof. So we now know that Joe gave Kelly gonorrhea. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kelly and Olivia go to talk to Alex. Wally's lawyer says that um, he's going to testify. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of asking Kelly here anything she can remember that Wally may bring up. Kelly says she can't remember if anything happened with him to make him think that it was consensual. Kelly says that she may have flirted with him before. They had a couple classes together and they would get coffee afterwards. She knew um, that he had a crush on her. And I made a little note here um, about what I was talking about earlier, how Wally's so complicated because it seems like he's actually a good guy that just had feelings for a girl. Um, But he still did a terrible thing. Yeah. And so it's hard because you, it's like you want to root for him because it's that type of character that's so sympathetic, you know, but it's, it's difficult because my assailant was a Wally. He seemed Mm. like a good guy. He, you know, just, he said all the right things and, it just, yeah, you know, when it comes down to it, someone can seem like a good guy and still be a bad guy because of what they do. Right. So from here, Wally testifies. He swears he didn't know that Kelly was drugged. Alex crosses and she points out how Wally saw the vomit on the floor and knew that Kelly looked disheveled. He says... She looked sad. Uh, Kelly had flirted with him in the past, so he thought that she wanted to have sex with him. She never said that she wanted to have sex with him. She kissed him, and he says that she never said no. He maintains that he genuinely thought she wanted to have sex with him. So from here, Elliot and Olivia are sitting on the bench outside. This shot right here is so beautiful of them sitting on the bench outside the courtroom. Olivia and Alex. Yes, Yes. Did I say something else? You said Elliot and Olivia. Damn it. Olivia and Alex are sitting on the bench outside, but it's such a pretty, like, I I don't know what it is, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just looks so cinematic with them sitting there waiting on the verdict. Yeah. Um, They come out and deliver the Alex, who reads it, hands it to Olivia. Um, And from here, Olivia goes to talk to Kelly. Um, Tess and Jody were arrested or charged with possession but Joe and Wally didn't get charged for anything. The reason for this was that the jury was split on the issue of consent. They didn't believe the guys knew um, that Kelly was drugged since Tess and Jody are the ones that drugged her. Um, however, the dean did expel all four students. Um, this is where Kelly says that hardly seems worth it. Um, Olivia tells Kelly that she did the right thing. 
Um, and Kelly says that she never took the pills the doctor gave her to prevent pregnancy or the STDs. She wonders if she's pregnant and if she should get an abortion. Um, Olivia says, I'm probably not the best person to ask, uh, which I think is just an incredible line if you know Olivia Benson's life story. Yeah, there that has so many layers to it, too, mm-hmm. because of where she's from and then what we find out in later seasons about her thinking she was pregnant in college not her pregnancy scare her actually thinking she was pregnant in college and going to have an abortion and on her way to the clinic getting her period yeah so it's one of those things where it just has so many layers and I think that's really beautiful how the writers take something like that and give it layers as the seasons go on. Mm-hmm. And it's also just so subtle. Like if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, and so I had to write that down because it just was so powerful to me. It's such a good Olivia Benson line. Um, Kelly tells Olivia here that she hasn't told her parents yet and Olivia basically says maybe it's time to yeah and then we dick wolf yep and because I'm mad at dick wolf in parentheses I put he's aptly named wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I'm just mad that he fired Kelly to be honest yeah amongst other things um yeah All right, I am going to do my tarot reading here. Okay, while you shuffle, um, this is another reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. Rating and subscribing are the most important things. Um, They tell the algorithm that you are listening and that you like us and will um, suggest to other people to... um, listen to us um reviewing is just really nice we lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts and we miss them we miss them plus we will um read reviews on the show you know yes um so i am using the trip and wait tarot deck it is like a lsd hippie uh deck based on the original uh weight tarot Mm -hmm. And I had a jumper, and it's the Wheel of Fortune, which I just think is so good because what we were talking about before with our self-love affirmation of rejection being redirection, that is the whole fortune really um it's it came right side up, which means a positive change of fortune um if you've been having bad luck or you've been low or things haven't been going your way, this is a sign that you're going to experience a nice change of events in your life. Um, it's one of those like good luck cards to me. And it's generally a card with wonderful potential. So what I love about this card is that the wheel of fortune is always spinning. And obviously sometimes there's up and downs with life because that's just life. But this card, when it pops out is telling you, to not focus on the bad, but look towards the future, look towards the positive. Um, and don't be anxious about it because you can trust that the universe has your back. Yep. Oh my goodness. What a good card. <laughs> Very good card. I'm going to just hang on to that for the rest of the day. Yes. 
Um, so if you're still hanging out here with us, don't forget, uh, if you are on Instagram, you can follow us at SVU Coven. We post there probably the most. Uh, if you're interested in joining the Coven, you can also join our Discord server. The link for that is in the bio of our Instagram. Uh, however, you can also shoot us an email at svucoven at gmail.com. Coley checks our email regularly, so somebody will respond to you. Uh, if you just want to talk to us, you can shoot us an email or if you want to be on the show or have questions for us that's a good place as well especially if social media doesn't speak to you um you can always email us anytime um and yeah i think that's it that's it that's our show we did it we did it we're back we're back oh my god (laughs) that's so crazy all right well i love you and i'll talk to you soon I love you too, and I'll talk to you soon. Blessed be. Blessed be.